so she was just saying oh well okay well you know you just need to make sure that you're having you know uh, low fiber foods you know a bland diet you know everything that's just going to be easy and I remember saying okay that that's great but uh where am I going to get my nutrients from exactly and also if I live on pasta and carbs and rice I'm going to put more weight on because I've been on steroids for seven years and they didn't talk to you about and as we know like you know it's a food podcast as well we talk about food hormones food metabolism it's all connected but they just didn't want to talk about it You are listening to The Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. Hello, my friend. Welcome to this week's episode of The Cheeky Podcast. It's so wonderful to be connecting with you again today. You know, we've been chatting a lot lately as you've been emailing me and messaging me on Facebook to chat, and I'm really loving connecting with you off the show. So keep it up because connecting with fellow IBDers, it feeds my soul, and I hope that you feel the same way too. Now, I've got to tell you, this week's episode is extra special because it's a Her IBD Story episode. We've done these in the past on the podcast where I bring on a real-life IBD rock star to highlight her inspiring story. And this one, this one is beyond inspirational. It's Beth Coldrick, IBD gal, stoma rocker, skincare entrepreneur, and all-around positive soul. You're just going to love her, and I know you'll relate to her story. Let me just tell you a little bit about Beth before we dive in. Beth is the founder of Bayo Skincare, a longtime sufferer of ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. And over the last 10 years, she has been on and off steroids, managed her diet and lifestyle accordingly, and has had three life-changing surgeries. She now lives with a permanent stoma bag after her final surgery in August of 2020. And I'm not going to lie, Beth is one of those people who you meet and you feel like you've known for years. She's so open, so honest, so genuine that we just ended up talking in this interview about everything under the sun. Beth guides us step by step into what stoma surgery looks like, how she takes care of her stoma and she stays hydrated daily. Together we 
dream of a world where it's commonplace for a therapist and nutritional support staff to be part of our IBD care and surgery team. We get into how Beth uses her strength, resilience, and positivity to manage all the ups and downs that she's been through. We talk about how sometimes Dr. YouTube gives us more information than our own doctor and how maybe that's okay. And we even spend time talking about how having COVID impacted Beth's IBD. Wow, this conversation is so Good. After this interview, I feel like Beth and I have known each other forever, and I know that after you hear her story, you're going to feel the same way about her. So let's dive in with my conversation with Beth Coldrick. Hey, Beth, welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're joining us today. This episode is actually part of our Her IBD story. So we're going to be hearing a lot about your IBD, how it's impacted you. We're also going to be hearing about how your stoma has impacted your life as well. But what I would love to do is start with something completely non-IBD related. I just want to hear about, tell me just a little bit about you, where you live, what you do. And because I'm an IBD foodie, I want to know what's your favorite food. Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Ah, well, thank you so thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to yeah share my story with you and your listeners as well. Um, but oh gosh, where does it start really? Um, so first of all, I'm English, as you can probably tell from my accent. So I live in Love Dorset. It. <laughs> thank you. And I think you said you lived in England as well. I did for four years. Oh, one of my favorite places. So where yeah. in England? Where in England do you live? So I live on the south coast. I live in a county called Dorset. So we are very lucky because we, you know, we live right on the beach. We've got lovely white sandy beaches and, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful lifestyle. And I grew up here, but I actually lived in South Africa and Australia for five years in total. So I've kind of grown up in Dorset, gone away, and then I've come back now. So yeah, so I'm based in Dorset. And yeah, my whole life, really, I've been into, gosh, the outdoors, water sports, you know, lovely, healthy way of living. My mum and dad are super fit and healthy. And we've always, you know, gone on holidays, done lots of walking. Um, My career, I guess, went from art and design, then into beauty, natural beauty and skincare, which is where I am now. Um, But yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell before, I suppose, before IBD and still now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that the reason I wanted to bring that up is because we do have IBD, but it isn't 100% of who we are right? We have so many other facets to our personality and to our life. And so I always like to highlight that as well. And clearly you're an outdoorsy kind of girl, you're adventurous and you like to do things that are fun. And that, you know, that's non-IBD, right? Yep, absolutely. And it's so funny you say that because up until probably 2018, so only a few years ago, I mean, I was diagnosed with IBD in gosh, 2010, Yeah, 2010. Wow, that seems like a long time ago. Um, But it was only up until 2018, 19 that actually most of my friends knew I had Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, because just like you said, yes, we have IBD, but we just get on with it, don't we? And we're just like, okay, well, we've got it, but we'll take our meds and we'll do this and it's fine. Um, But it was only when I got really ill and was, of course, in hospital with cannulas that my friends went, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how poorly you were. And exactly like you just said. So I've tried not to let it define me. Whereas now I think like we'll talk about in a moment, all the operations Mm -hmm. I've had, 
it kind of is a big part of me now and I can't get away from it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that last question is, what's your favorite food? Ah. Oh gosh, it's such a good one, isn't it? Um, Again, like most IBD people, you probably have your, what I call my safety foods, uh, which I just know are not going to irritate me. But funnily enough, they're all really quite good. So I'd probably say, oh gosh, avocado, salmon. (gasps) Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, it's really weird. I really can't pinpoint a favourite food because it really depends what mood I'm in. But I think avocado, eggs and salmon. Sorry, that's three. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it as many. I'm so with you with the avocados. I I don't think a day goes by that I don't eat avocados. I love them. Sorry, they've been shipped from miles and miles away, but I just love them and they're so, oh, they're so good for your skin and for your gut and everything just love them <laughs> everything that you love is actually good for you salmon mm. avocado eggs like I was yes. waiting to hear like a chocolate bar or pie no. or cake. no no it's all healthy I love that yeah. honestly those are probably my favorite foods I'm I'm just thinking on the un- I mean yeah I've never I've never really been unhealthy and again we'll probably talk about that later but I, you know, don't get me wrong. I love pizza and I love chocolate and I love cake. And, you know, I've gone off wine actually now, so I'm not really into alcohol much, but I don't know. I just kind of, I think because again, people with IBD and autoimmune, I think because you know what your body's going through, you almost feel guilty eating bad stuff, if that makes sense. And like I said, don't get me wrong, I still do it, but I know that every breakfast you know when I have my smoked salmon or I have eggs or I have avocado yeah they taste good but I'm like yes okay they're really like doing my body good as well with my brain and my skin and my gut and everything so I think that's feeding your soul yeah (laughs) Yeah, and and I think I think you're really onto something there Beth because when we eat something that's really good for us it makes us feel good and then we tend to say oh I like that food more so that that absolutely makes sense yeah When did, you mentioned 2010, so tell me about this time. Tell me about the time when IBD came into your life. What was that like for you, that initial experience with it? Oh, gosh, wow, yeah. It was interesting, let's say. Um, So I was diagnosed in 2010. However, I'd had the symptoms of IBD probably my whole life, which was really, (coughs) excuse me, really interesting. in a nutshell, my mum had always said that ever since I was a little girl, like since I was about three, you know, she'd drop me off at nursery or at school, like all through my young child years. And apparently I always used to hold my stomach and say, mommy, I don't want to go. I've got a tummy ache. I don't want to go. I feel sick or I don't want to go. I've got a tummy ache. And so it's weird. I've always had ish issues, quote unquote, with my stomach, well, that area that you know, you kind of put it to nerves, don't you? And, oh, you're, you know, you're a child and you're nervous and it's fine. And, you know, you're going to school and you, you know, you don't want to be without your mum. But then as the years went by, it kind of, I think, just balanced out. But then it definitely got worse and showed its head when I went to university. And of course, you know, going to university, whole new change you know new set of friends away from home stress I had yeah stress exactly I'd chosen one of the hardest uh graphic design degrees in the country uh in London so it was really really intense it, you know it wasn't like you call it uh, is it college or yeah uni where you're going out and like drinking and having a great time um 
I was just very, very stressed with work. So of course, as you know, that definitely brought the symptoms out. And of course, you know, back in those days, it was what, 2001, 2002, all the doctors, you know, palmed it off on IBS. Oh, cut out wheat, cut out dairy, cut out this, you'll be fine. It's just IBS. And of course, I was like, what's IBS? So <laughs> right. like, what is that? Well, welcome to this whole world of gut stuff that you never knew anything about. That's it. Exactly. I mean, and that's it. And even though, you know, we all go to school, don't we? And we do biology and we kind of learn about the body. We don't really learn about the body. So when they're talking, like you said, about the gut and about this and that, you're like, what? What is this? So, yeah, years, a few years went by. Um, and like I said, I moved abroad and my symptoms just got worse and worse. And then they kind of got a bit better. Then they got worse. And it was the usual, you know, bloating and wind and rushing to the toilet constantly, needing to be by a toilet constantly. But again, as anyone with IBD knows, that kind of is normal. You just right. get used to it, don't you? Right. You wake we up do. in the morning, we've got to be by a toilet. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, that, yes. That's it. So yeah, so answer to your question, I kind of had all of that background and then whilst I was living in Australia because this was the point now I was living in Australia for nearly four years and I'd you know been managing my IBD again like we didn't know it was IBD then I just had tummy issues and I was managing it with um with diet and like I said I'm fit and healthy and I was teaching surfing I was studying nutrition so of course I'm there eating nuts and lots of raw vegetables and garlic (laughs) and I'm like no (laughs) so basically all of the stuff that irritated our gut more our large intestine um so I thought I was doing everything right and then yeah got to 2009 2010 and I decided you know, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. I'd just broken up with my boyfriend, um, an Australian guy. And I thought, I just, I just want to go home. So of course, again, stress. Mm-hmm. Exactly like we just said earlier, it's that big life change, a big stressful situation. It obviously just really pushed all of my symptoms to the top, made them worse. Um, and then, yeah, before I, I came back to England, was diagnosed, I was, you know, blood in my stools, throwing up, fainting passing out literally couldn't leave the bathroom we've all been there (laughs) Mm. and um yeah horrendous so managed to get home I don't know how because on my own all the way from Australia it was you know I was 23 22 I can't remember and um got home obviously told mum and dad what had been going on, how poorly I was. And they saw me a few months before. And also my weight had dropped dramatically, which right. of course is a, is a key. Yeah. Um, I've always been a very slim, I mean, UK size 10 girl, you know, I've always been very slim and, and fit, but I dropped even more weight. So I was super skinny. Um, so yeah, I came home, got rushed into hospital uh, through my GP, my doctor and there and then they diagnosed me after having a colonoscopy with Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. And both. there we were. <laughs> yeah, both. both. Yay, both. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So that's my yeah, story of how I kind of got diagnosed. And of course, again, like anyone that gets diagnosed, you're probably the same. It's weird. You feel relief. Yes. A little bit of relief, don't you? That you now I know what's wrong with me. 
now there's an answer and now we can just give me the solution and I'll move on with my life. Right. Exactly. Tell (laughs) me what what did they do? (laughs) What did the doctor say was the solution? Yeah. Straight away. They were like, right. Okay. It's Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. So first of all, I was like, what the hell are those? Yeah. That's first things first. What is that? that. And then they said, right, we're going to get you on steroids. Of course. So of course I was like, I have no idea what that is, but my consultant's telling me I need to do this. So I'm not going to argue because right now I'm nearly dying. So let's just take anything. So yeah, they put me straight on steroids, um, along with Pentasa and Macaptopurin as well. I think those were the first ones I started on. And so immunomodulator, um, anti-inflammatory, and then the steroid as well. Like, wow, they really hit you hard. They wanted to quiet those symptoms. Absolutely. That's it. They just kind of hit me hard with all the drugs and it, and it was weirdly to say now it was amazing. A week, a week after a week later, I remember going out for dinner with my friends and, you know, and I liked my glass of wine because, you know, we're young and we were out. And I remember having dinner and having drinks and going dancing and not feeling bloated. Right. I was like, this is so weird. I don't feel bloated. I don't feel sick. Oh my gosh, I'm a real 23 year old just having a normal life. So the steroids and the drugs obviously worked straight away, which was good. But then again, 10 years on of being on drugs. Oh, yeah, they've they've shown their evil side <laughs> as well. Yes, right. Mm. You know, there's the good with that. But then there's the side effects. And I think sometimes doctors don't really initially even talk about the side effects. No, I think, I think that's it. Cause they're so um, determined to get you well, you know, again, quote, well, uh, which I do understand, but it would be really nice if they said, I mean, not that you'd have to say, Oh, well, no, sorry. I don't, I don't want to be 30 kilos heavier in, in 10 years. Don't put me on the drugs, you know, but it's the education, isn't it? And the, yeah, the telling you about, all the side effects, but the full yeah. story that I think is missing. I don't think that mm-hmm. in most cases we're so sick, you know, like we were at death's yeah. door when it comes to that, that we yeah. would choose the medication. Right. Absolutely. But it's the, it's the full picture that I think that is lacking sometimes just do Definitely. this and you'll be fine. And then yeah. we don't hear about the side effects or life on that years later. And so that's, it sounds like yeah. what happened for you. You spent eight to 10 years, it sounds like on medication. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. 10 years. I'm just trying to think, was it two? I think it was 2009. I was diagnosed. Honestly, I can't even think so, but still 2009, 2010. Um, but yeah, that's exactly it. So I was put on these drugs. Um, and then again, it just became normal. Didn't it? You know, hi, you know, I'm Beth, obviously don't say it to people, but I've got Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. I just have to take these tablets every morning and night. I kind of avoid these foods and um, yeah, and I'm okay, (laughs) Um, which, you know, you you try and get on with. But then definitely over the last few years, you know, the more people I've spoken to, because it's weird up until my operations in my first operation in 2019, I don't think I, yeah, I didn't know anybody with Crohn's disease or IBD. I hadn't spoken to anyone. I just... It's weird. It just wasn't part of my life. 
That's really interesting. And that's, I think what we need more than anything is connection to other people like us. I mean, that's what this podcast is about. That's what us getting together and talking about it is about. It's about connecting with people that have that. But I think for so many of us, we don't, I, I hear that over and over from people. I, you know, I don't know anybody who has IBD. I don't, I, you know, I can't talk to anybody about it, but it's so key to our mental health. Isn't that, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, COVID, oh, cough. Um, <laughs> negative now. Um, and that's exactly it. And it's funny. I said that to my friend the other day, we were talking about what I've been through and everything. And and she said, oh, you know, do you still have like an IBD team or a Stover team and stuff like you speak to? And I said, well, I kind of do, but I said, to be honest, when I have an issue with my stoma or something that I've eaten or not sure, I just ask all my friends on Instagram that have got stomas or they've got IBD because like you said, then they get it. And again, you know, like we said earlier, I guess I was lucky and I, you know, I had it and I just got on with life and I, you know, worked and saw my friends and it, I don't know, I just kind of managed it, but actually thinking back now yeah I don't know how I did that yeah (laughs) I don't know how I did it because yeah you you get so tired and yeah all the side effects so it's it's interesting well it definitely caught up with you because then we fast forward to 2019 I want to say 18 19 and now there's a different conversation you're having with your doctors so what was happening with you at the time when your doctor said you know I think that you probably need this surgery. And then I'd love to know, I know that you have a stoma, but there's a couple different ways to get a stoma. So was it a colostomy and ileostomy and permanent temporary, you know, how did all of that come about and what kind of surgery did you have? Yeah, absolutely. So again, like we said earlier, a stressful thing happened in my life. Oh, <laughs> I, it, honestly, you, it's it's weird. I'd love to write a book because every time I had a flare or a major flare, it was because of a stressful life circumstance. And this time it was, I'd been a beauty therapist working for myself since 2010. So since I got home from Australia and run it from home. So it was amazing. And it was, you know, oh, loved it, but it was full time as in 40 hours a week. And I basically got to the point, I was too busy on my own. So I thought, ah, I'll open a beauty salon. Great. Not thinking. um, So I opened it and it was great. And then it built up and basically is where I'm going. 2018, I had a team of eight, um, you know, managing beauty therapists. I had a manager, receptionist, everything. And it was going well but I could not deal with it because, and I hate to say this, because of my IBD, because I was just exhausted all the time. And, you know, I'd gone from being tired working because I'd been with clients, but then you had that on top of that, of managing people, dealing with sickness, dealing with, you know, bitchiness between the staff and and everything. And it just got too much. So I started to really, really take a dive bomb um, to the point, again, I was in my salon, in the toilet, passing out, throwing up, like I literally couldn't, couldn't leave the toilet. You know, the girls were amazing. They were really understanding, but I was just, this is just ridiculous. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, So that's where, yeah, we got to the point. So 2018, I decided to close the salon, which was heartbreaking. Um, you know, sold everything, sold all the stuff off, you know, let the girls go. I decided to go back 
working from home for about you know half the time but then yeah I got super super ill and it was just to the point it was not getting better they put me on steroids again quite a few courses of by this time I think um and I'd been in and out of hospital with a cannula as well like on a steroid drip I think it's what so they want to get them straight into my body wow. rather than the oral ones and you know I was ballooning up like we do when we go on steroids and my face was exploding and like I was just ballooning up and felt really uncomfortable um which I didn't mind if my symptoms were getting better but they weren't so yeah I just kind of got worse and worse then I got a little bit better for a few months and I was okay for about four or five months and then it got really bad again and then that's when yeah it happened in 2019 um I was meant to be going skiing with my partner and our friend and I had to send him off on his own and I said I'll come join you in three days if I can and you know I remember my dad driving me up to the airport which was about 40 minutes away and we literally pulled up to the airport and I was like dad I gotta go and I ran into the toilet like I couldn't go 40 minutes without going to the toilet Mm -hmm. oh gosh so that was a nightmare so we did that and I managed to do three days there basically just living on the toilet so it's pointless I know um and then came home and yeah got rushed into hospital because I was well we all know what it's like throwing up passing out like white as a sheet blood from my bottom just yeah not good so yeah I got rushed into hospital and then of course that's when they started saying right Beth I think we need to now talk about giving you a stoma and even then I was like what's a stoma exactly <laughs> why, why would you know what that is right and Which, and I actually I want you to tell our listeners yeah. because there's people right if just because you have Crohn's or colitis or both right doesn't yeah. mean you really understand what a stoma is. So I would love for you to tell us that as well, whenever you feel like it would be, you know, a good time in the story, but definitely I want to hear more about that because I think there's people listening. Maybe their doctors have said the word, but they didn't yeah. really explain it or maybe they're thinking about getting it. So yeah, I would love to hear more about exactly what that is as well. Exactly. And, and that was the point. It was literally then they said about a stoma, and I kind of thought, what's a stoma? And then they said like stoma bag, I think. I went, oh, right, okay. So that's a bag you have on your stomach. And I didn't really know much else. So they obviously explained it. But again, like we were saying earlier, not to scare people with IBD, but I think the consultants and the doctors need to say that, right, we're going to put you on this path of drugs and medication. And again, as everyone knows, you go through the drugs, you go through the biologicals, you know, I was on the chemo biologicals for two years, and they keep you steady. But then if that stops working, FYI, you might have to have your large intestines <laughs> removed kind of thing. Like, right. They, they need to kind of say that. So answer to your question. Thank you, YouTube, because I love them. Awesome, I love you right? Um, Anything you ever, how do I, what do I, and then fill in the it. blank. <laughs> it's all there. It, li it literally is, isn't it? Because, you know, I rarely go on Google. Um, don't know if we're allowed to say their words, sorry. Um, but I just, the first thing I did is, I think, yeah, we'd been to the appointment. I'd gone home. No, I haven't gone home. Sorry, I was still in hospital. That was it. I had my laptop. And I just go I Googled into YouTube, 
life with a stoma or what is a stoma or something. And I don't know if you and your listeners have heard, but there's a, an English girl over here in England called Hannah Witten. Oh, and no. she's, okay. Yeah, I will I link to her in the show notes. Yeah. Hannah Witten. Oh, okay. Hannah Witten. Yeah, absolutely. I've talked about her before, actually, because she is, well, yeah, I think she's just, I think it's, well, it's her full-time job. She's an advocate. She has a Probably stoma. listeners have heard of her. I just haven't I, oh, because people no, are I listening from all over the world. It's awesome. But so <laughs> Hannah Witten, just in case listeners, if you yeah. haven't heard of her, go check her That's out. It. Hannah Witten, that was it. So I, I found her on YouTube and of course she's got a whole channel all devoted to living with a stoma. What is a stoma? How to manage a stoma? And I thought, oh my God, this is brilliant. So I just binge watched all of her videos laughing crying I was, like, say, oh was that God. a little scary I mean what a life yeah. change so it sounds like she's making it humorous right because what can yes. you do but laugh but well, there's also it. some fear in there as well did you feel kind of like oh my gosh well what am I doing weird. yeah it's weird I did and I didn't I think because I was so ill mm. and I had no life you know before I had my stoma fitted I'd been pretty much housebound for over a year you know, and then living COVID happened. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, so I was like, great. Bam, um, bam. Yeah. So I, I kind of thought, well, anything is, and again, loads of people with stomas will probably say the same. Anything is better than my current situation. So I watched her and I just thought, oh my God, she's awesome. She's happy. She's vibrant. She's living a life and she's got a stoma. Cool. So then I went on Instagram and I just hashtag living with a stoma or ostomy or eliostomy, which we'll talk about in a second as well. And, um, you know, all these women and men came up on my feed and I just looked through them. I was like, oh, she's a mom. Oh, my God. He's an athlete. Oh, God. He, you know, and they're right. all doing these amazing things. And I just looked at it and I stopped. I remember I stopped crying and just thought, oh, my God, no, this is fine. When, right. When are we getting it done? And I remember saying to my consultant, and luckily we had private medical insurance back then, we don't now, um, I was able to say, yeah, when can we get this done? So I, it was literally, I think, when was this? This was April, May, yeah, probably May. I then had back surgery in the June, which was a whole other thing. (laughs) So you're in the hospital hearing about I'm going to have an ostomy and then you're having back surgery right after. Yes, I'd already had back surgery surgery planned, which had to, I know my story's a bit nightmare. Yeah, the back surgery had been planned, um, but it had to be postponed uh, two or three times because I'd been on steroids. Okay. Um, And as we all know, you can't have surgery when you're on steroids because of the blood apparently. Blood thinning, yes. And and, um, healing. Clotting, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that had to be um, postponed, postponed, postponed. So I had the back surgery in the June 2019. And then I had my first stoma surgery, which was a loop ileostomy in September. So you had a loop okay. So I had a loop ileostomy. <laughs> so did they do this in stages where you're having multiple surgeries? Yes. Okay. So that yeah, was your so first one. Exactly. So yeah, that's what I was going to explain, which is really interesting. Because like you said earlier, I guess everybody's different. Like some people get rushed in and they just have everything taken out and they have a permanent stoma. Whereas I, yeah, had it staggered because that's just the way the consultants did it. So to start with, 
in the September, they said, right, yes, we'll do a, a loop ileostomy, which basically is um, they go in, they cut your small intestines in half or, you know, in a bit, pull both, if you can imagine, pull both parts of the in small intestines out your tummy and then sew it and then put a bag on so that when you obviously eat, it goes through your, you know, through your stomach, through your small intestine, and then straight out to the bag. But with a loop ileostomy, that means you still have your, your large intestine, your rectum and your anus. So that's all kind of floating inside, right? just not doing anything. Um, because the whole idea is that you have a loop ileostomy to allow your large intestines to rest, because no food is passing through it. And hope to God it gets better and then you can have it sewn back together and go back to, quote, normal. Interesting. Okay. Weird, isn't it? Gosh. <laughs> it's, yes, but it's also really amazing. Isn't it, it amazing, is amazing what what can be done? I mean, for all the faults yeah. that we could talk about doctors, and I feel like yeah. they really could have done a better job at really talking you through. There has to be like a social worker or somebody whose job it is to come in and do what yeah. you found on YouTube. Do you know what I mean? There should be somebody that really does that. It may, it, it, maybe it can't be the doctor, and I get that but somebody that does that. So you do all that, but now on the flip side, doctors, there's the main, I mean, surgery is amazing what they can do for us. So we have to be fair That's and look at both sides. Definitely. And I say that to my surgeons, like my back surgeon and my stoma surgeon, I've said to them like, what, like, how do you do what you do? It's just crazy. And they're so, you know, if you've met surgeons, most of them are the same. They're sure. so laid back. Ah, it's fine. It's just like driving. <laughs> okay but it's not <laughs> right, right. But it's crazy but um back to what you just said though I have said that so many times I have said to my consultants and my doctors and they will agree luckily I am a very strong person I'm a very confident positive person and I have gone through this I don't want to say with a breeze in a breeze but I have pretty much sailed through this be because I think the way I am now, if I wasn't the way I, I am or was, then God knows how people deal with this. Because like you said, and I've said this to them, there should be, I don't know what it's like in America and Canada and other countries, but there should be way more support. That, yes. you know, you should, right, okay, you're going to have a stoma. Right, Beth, we're going to get you to go and see Sarah, our stoma therapist she's going to talk you through make sure you're okay and then there should be some sort of checkup for your mental health yes exactly don't you think of course and there isn't and there's nothing <laughs> and I think along with that team there should be a nutritionist as well oh, right to talk to you yes. about the food piece it's like you're yes. you're figuring all of this out on your own where is somebody yeah. that's helping you with that and for me I have not had an ostomy but I have had almost 10 feet of my small intestine removed in three separate surgeries. And it was just cut it out and go home. Nobody ever said this is going to change the way that you, um, the way that you absorb your nutrients, the, yeah. the food that you can eat, that you can now tolerate or, you know, nobody, nothing, just cut it out. Do I need to see you again? Nope. Just go, <laughs> you know, thank you, but everything. right. There should be a team that just surrounds you. Oh with information and there's yeah that's why we're going we're googling youtube 
right? Yeah, That's why we're doing that. A hundred percent. And exactly like you said, you know, even before you have surgery, you were probably the same. You know, they they maybe get you to see, you know, over here we have, you know, NHS dietitian and they'll they'll get you to see that. But even that was a real fight. You know, I Oh, we don't even have no not well, at least in America. They're not there's no, yeah. no. You can request and it if you know to do that, but there's nobody saying that. No. And, and even, even when, though, yeah. oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. I was just going to say, even when I did see them, I saw three separate ones and maybe I was had bad luck, but they were horrendous. They were. We were going to say exactly the same horrendous. thing. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Have I got a clue? No, they Have don't. <laughs> they don't. They, there's nobody. And I'm really finding this such a struggle. There's nobody trained in yeah. this type of nutrition. And that's nope. what it is. They're trained in fat intake and calories and, yes. you know, but they're not trained in this specifically when you exactly. have parts of your intestine removed or shifted around, how does that impact your nutrition, your life? I mean, all of that. I mean, you, you mentioned the therapist too. You need all of those pieces. And I yeah. really love Beth that you brought up this concept of strength and positivity Yeah, because I think it is so necessary. Resiliency, positivity, strength, we, because we're given like half informations and we're not given this well-rounded support system, we have to have the resolve, the strength and the positivity in us. And when we do, don't you feel like it's really impacted the way that you're healing? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is, it's just a whole 360, isn't it? Like you just said, it's not just the food, it's your mental health, it's your exercise, it's it's absolutely everything. You know, when I was seeing this um NHS dietitian, this was before I had a stoma. So she was just saying, Oh, well, okay, well, you know, you just need to make sure that you're having, you know, uh, low fiber foods, you know, a bland diet, you know, everything that's just gonna be easy. And I remember saying, Okay, that that's great but uh where am I going to get my nutrients from exactly and also if I live on pasta and carbs and rice I'm going to put more weight on because I've been on steroids for seven years and they didn't talk to you about and as we know like you know it's a food podcast as well we talk about food hormones food metabolism it's all connected but they just didn't want to talk about it and And that's, yeah, that's where I am now. I mean, you know, carrying on a little bit with food in a nutshell, like I said earlier, I've always been super healthy. You know, I'm lucky I've grown up with a really healthy mum and dad, love eating, I want to say healthy, I mean like a balanced diet, like not right. super, like cutting not everything crazy. out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a balanced diet. Right. Um, so of course, when I had IBD, I found it really difficult because I didn't want to live on pizza and crisps and bread and pasta every single day I wanted whole food salads with quinoa and you know raw peppers which I couldn't have Mm -hmm. so I have really really battled with that and then of course since having the stoma like we were saying earlier you and again I know they say everybody's different because I do get that some people with stomas can have nuts and some people can't and but there is quite a I don't know there's there is a connection, I think, to some foods that you really shouldn't have if you have a stoma or IBD, for example. And there was just no advice with that. So, of course, I'm trying to eat healthily, 
but can't because it's irritating me. My weight's going up because of the steroids. Mm. I'm working out doing cardio first thing in the morning because that's what I've always done. But no one told me, well, your cortisol's higher in the morning. So maybe do something calm and you're on steroids. So maybe decrease <laughs> your, you know, I'm like, nobody told me this. Mm. So my weight through no fault of my own, because I was at one point just living on mashed potato and fish Ugh. because that's all I could eat. Right. Um, but my weight, yeah, went up 30 kilos, 30 kilos wow. in two and a half years. And I'm wow. still trying to lose it. I've lost 10 and I'm just kind of like this now. <laughs> it's just right. going up. Just she's not... doing, for those who can't see her, she's doing like one step up, two steps back. <laughs> one step up, two steps back. Yeah. Exactly. It's just yeah. going... Yeah. And I just can't seem to find a, you know, not diet. I hate, I hate dieting and I hate that word, but yes. I can't find a lifestyle. Plan. Right. Yeah. Where I know that I'm getting enough goodness, but not, I don't know. It's, it's really tricky. Cause I mean, I only have so probably 200 calories a day, but I look like I have 20 cheeseburgers and it's just, so yeah, the, oh, the education and the, yeah, the food help needs to be, yeah, someone yeah. needs to sort that out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think what makes it harder is that we're all different because yes. even though I have Crohn's and you have Crohn's and colitis, yeah. um, what would help me and what would help you is so different. So it would need to be some, someone needs some serious education to really be able to help us because I understand it's very complicated. We're complicated cases. It so, is. Yeah. And somebody I do, and I needs to that. take a stab at it. Yeah. Well, funny you say that. So I, like I said earlier, I, I studied nutrition because I did a diploma in natural beauty therapy in Australia with nutrition. So I did the basics of nutrition, which was really interesting. Um, and I do say, and I mean, I'm 38 next month. And, you know, again, we'll talk about it maybe in a moment. I've got an organic skincare brand, which is brilliant. But my, and I love skincare, it's my massive passion, but my other passion is food, is nutrition and IBD. Yeah, and me too. I, yeah, exactly. And I, and I do keep saying when I'm better, you know, I'm trying to get my energy back. I would love, and I don't know how to implement this, but I would love to train as a nutritionist specializing in people with IBD because we I will be there all. together because I'm, yes. I'm actually doing it because I feel like nobody, no, nobody knows about this. So you kind of have to do it for yourself. And when you do it for yeah. yourself, you can do it with the knowledge that then you can pass that on to others. Cause yeah. I just, there's just nobody doing it, but I do want to get back to, you talked oh, yeah. about your surgery, surgery the, yeah. um, the loop ileostomy now, but you yeah. mentioned you had more surgeries as well. So yeah. what was the next step? Oh my gosh. So yeah. So like we said, September, 2019, I had the loop ileostomy, like we said, and then we thought we'll live with that for a few weeks, just see if my symptoms get any better. So even though nothing was going through my large intestine and my bum, I was still running to the toilet, losing, sorry, everyone, but losing blood and stuff from my bum. So it was okay. like, I was running like I had diarrhea, but of course nothing was connected. So I carried on doing that even with my stoma. So, you know, like we said earlier, had my stoma fitted and I was very lucky that I just 
took to it straight away, no dramas, touch wood, I've never had any issues with it. Um, so then we got to kind of like end of October, November time. And I was still just thinking, I've got a stoma, but I'm still rushing to the toilet. This is not right. This is just ridiculous. So then my doctors were like, right, okay. So the next step, step is, is to not make it permanent, but we should remove your, um, yeah, is that what we did? Yeah, we removed the large intestine. Okay. So they said the next step is, that's it. We keep your bum there. We obviously keep your stoma as it is, but we just take out your large intestine. So I was like, brilliant, go for it. Let's do it. I don't want it anymore. It's horrible. <laughs> and <laughs> It's not I've working gotten, for me anyway. No. And I think because I'd got on so well with my stoma, I thought, well, even if I have a stoma for the rest of my life, this is so much better than me running to the toilet. So yeah, in the November, went in, same surgeon, love him to pieces. Um, he took out my large intestine and... I'll never forget seeing him. It was either that night or the next day. And he said, that was one of the worst inflamed in large intestines I've ever seen. Really? I'm so sorry. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. So again, it's that relief, isn't it? Again, of okay. So it was really bad. And what annoys me is that I'd had loads of colonoscopies, loads of flexi, um, flexi sigmoidoscopies. Right just a few weeks before that with an with another consultant and he kind of said oh well it's you know it's a bit inflamed but it's nothing major so it's interesting isn't it that again they can't see that so yeah he took out my large intestine and of course instantly I was like oh my god I feel so much better literally a weight had been taken from my body (laughs) wow wow what a I story. I can't believe it. And, it. and I'm so glad that it works so well for you. That's amazing. Well, I, I, I think again, I'm sure everyone hopefully has okay journeys with it, but I think I was very lucky with my surgeon as well. Like he's amazing and he just did everything. And, and I think as well, I'm like, I said, I'm quite strong and I, I don't know why, but I heal very easily. Apparently they can't believe how quickly I heal. And again, back to food quickly, I put it down to, even though I've (laughs) have IBD, I eat as healthy as I can. And I take supplements like they're coming out of my ears. Do you, I was going to ask you since you had that, since you have the stoma now, are you on medication supplements? What kind of regime? So I haven't, yeah, I haven't been on IBD proper medical medication or drugs haven't needed it nope not since September 2019 which is great yeah um but because of the steroids that created um an underactive thyroid Mm. so I'm on thyroxine but that's fine um but then otherwise I've always been into vitamins and supplements anyway but I'm still on lots you know omegas ashwagandha magnesium um vitamin d regular supplements like vitamin supplements and also i take one for my hormones as well to try and balance my hormones so i take all of those and then one of the (coughs) excuse me one of the most important ones which i would love to let people know about as well if they're even thinking about having surgery or having to have surgery is collagen 
Mm -hmm. So I know lots of people take it for beauty reasons and for wrinkles and all of that stuff. But I actually started taking collagen uh, a month before my first surgery because, again, because I got my beauty background, I knew that it would heal. Um, it would repair for the me healing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So I think that is a real important <coughs> step in the healing process as well as if you're going to have a stoma, take collagen supplements before during and after because I just think that helps you to heal much more quickly um definitely maybe so, even yes. any <laughs> intestinal surgery yeah right? like even the oh, kinds of, that I've had or any, you know anyone else yeah. that's having surgery bowel surgery collagen can be really helpful that's a great thing that you bring up and I know yeah. that you can take collagen as a supplement it's a powder yeah. but you can also get large amounts of collagen from bone broth yeah. Oh my gosh. Exactly. That's it. Bone broth. Definitely. Yeah. That helps That's as it. well. You know, in fact, I've got some bone broth in my instant pot right now. After this, <laughs> I, yeah, oh huge God. fan of collagen myself. There as well. you go. It is. Yeah. And I think nowadays it's so easy because yes, you can, you know, boil it up and do it from the bones and that's amazing. But you can also now, you know, there's brands out there, aren't there? Make it I easy. From now, but they make it easy. Just like a spoon fill in some hot water. Boom, done. <laughs> done. Exactly. Get Cut that collagen just, benefit. Yeah. yeah well, when so you were talking fun. about the supplements that you're taking and you were talking about your thyroid and how, you know, there's so many things impacted by all of us. We tend to think about Crohn's and colitis, right? You always go to gut, right? You think yes. small intestine, large intestine, right? But the interesting thing about the gut is that it is reverberating, right? So it's not, it doesn't just stay in the gut. It will go to the brain, right? There's brain fog and um, poor concentration. There's so many nervousness, anxiety, depression. It's all related to the gut. But also something else I really think about when I think about the gut, and it doesn't, a lot of people don't think about it, but I bet you do, Beth, is the skin, Right. Oh, because the gut skin <laughs> connection is huge. Yes. I know that has been a big factor for you. So how has this shown up on your skin and what did you do about it? Oh my gosh, exactly. So it's so funny you say that. Cause I was just listening to one of my podcasts today with uh, Dr. Rupi, who is a, a well, GP nutritionist over here in England. And he just did a podcast on skin health and he kept going on about this gut skin connection. And mm -hmm. if your gut's not healthy, your skin's not going to be healthy. And, and it's weird. I, I agree. However, I haven't had my large intestine for what, two and a half years. And also my gut has been very unhealthy for years and years, but my skin has not suffered in like okay. five years. Wow. So I think, I find that quite interesting because I do agree that, yeah, the gut skin health situation, um, definitely. But yeah, I think, oh, where was I going to go with this? With regards to, yeah, you are what you eat again and with your gut and the microbiome and the good bacteria and bad bacteria. And I do totally get that. But I think what I've struggled with is before I had my stoma, because I was on all of the drugs and all, I was on chemotherapy drugs, I didn't have cancer, but of course they were the biologicals. Right, right. They completely sapped my skin, sapped my body of everything. And okay. so then my skin was really, really dry, really, really sensitive. So I don't think that was, so that wasn't from kind of technically my IBD, it was from the drugs. But from the drugs and that mm -hmm. really impacted the quality yeah. of your skin. 
Yeah, because you think, you know, people with cancer and they go through chemotherapy, don't they? They get super dry skin, really irritated. So I'd started formulating natural skincare products back in 2012. Yeah, so gosh, 10 years ago. Um, And like I said, you know, I've been in the beauty industry. That's always been my love. So, of course, back in 2016, I think it was 17, I started formulating products again. And I started trying to make skincare products to soothe my skin and to help heal my, you know, issues with my dry skin. And I was like, gosh, I really want you know, just a nice face cream that I could put on or, or something I could put on at night to help my skin. So, yeah, so I started playing around, formulating and created two products, um, recovery face cream and nourish yourself balm. And it was so funny. I started using them. And I'll never forget, you know, I was going in and out every few weeks to hospital to, you know, sit there on my drip, you know, have all the drugs. And all the nurses were like, I don't mean to be rude, but you don't look ill. Oh, <laughs> right. Just, oh, so were, you know, that classic, we always get it, don't it? Oh, you? Yes, don't we Ill. do. But you don't look <laughs> sick. <laughs> but we are inside. Exactly. Invisible <laughs> illness. It's yes. exactly invisible. But we used to laugh about it. And I used to just say, um, oh, it's just it's because I make my own skincare products. You know, I've got nice skin now because I've got my. Yeah. So I yeah started using my skincare products and love them and they really helped. So, of course, then that led me on to launch my own skincare brand at the end of 2018 yeah because I'd launched it just before I got really ill mm-hmm. oh, so it's been a nightmare um and it's called Bayo. yeah and it's called Bayo. so Beth's Aromatherapy Organic okay I wondered <laughs> yeah. where the name came from that's yes it. of course I love it that's what it kind of stands for and and yeah and that's obviously what I've been doing for the last few years you know just trying to help people with their skin um but of course you know, my authentic journey got in the way, didn't it? Because 2019 in hospital, 2020 COVID. And then it was just like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> what crazy. next? I know. But but yeah, back, I mean, back to the surgery as well. Like, like I said, I had the large intestines removed. Um, but then in, so I was living without my large intestine, but I still had my rectum and my anus of the bum. And I was still running to the toilet a little bit. That was what was really oh, tricky. Okay. Yeah, which is so weird to think because they're not connected. But because it was so inflamed, um, it was still causing irritation. And I did all the steroid like foam enemas and everything. Nothing was working. So August 2020, that's when I made the decision to have a permanent stoma. Okay. So like you said earlier, there's all the different options and everything. So... That was probably that was probably a bigger decision than to have the stoma in the first place because it was like mm-hmm. right, this is going to be now forever because you, you you know we can't put another large intestine in or we can't put another bum in so exactly. oh my gosh so yes yeah, so I had it all removed so yeah my bum's all sewn up and I've just yeah got a got a stoma bag now for life and um, yeah that's the way it is <laughs> and things did get better you know, after that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So things got so much better because I wasn't running to the toilet and, um, yeah, I was just able to, yeah, live my life. I mean, there's all the side effects, like we said, you know, I've still got Crohn's, so I don't have ulcerative colitis anymore because ulcerative colitis is only in the large intestine. Thank you. That's gone. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I have Crohn's disease. So like yourself, you know, 
it still affects us doesn't it with you know major fatigue and yeah just then there's the whole eating situation with my stoma and hydration I mean gosh I could talk to you for another two hours (laughs) I know that's a whole other podcast but I would that's a whole another episode but I would love to hear about just care for it you know again people who are thinking about getting it or just kind of fearful what is involved in the care of a stoma yeah so I mean generally day to day I'm not gonna lie i just yeah don't really know I have it okay. it's you know you can't you can't really see it um so every time I go to go for a wee I literally just open it up and empty it in the toilet like you do when you go for a poo um so it's kind of the same but you've got a bag um and then I change it every other day I mean nowadays the bags are so discreet they're so clean they're so tidy um and I just kind of get on with it day to day but then the other side of it is I have to wear a support most days because I have a bit of a hernia because of course where the stoma is you can imagine you know my abdominals have been cut open four times and yeah it's still not right down there because I've got to I really need to start Pilates or something but again that's nothing it's like nobody that does Pilates that's got a stoma for god's sake oh that'd be so cool wouldn't that oh, be great I know maybe somebody I need to do that does if you're listening <laughs> let us know because somebody's doing that they just YouTube. need to share it yeah exactly. YouTube again YouTube Definitely. I need to do that um so yeah so I wear a support pretty much every day okay um so that that's difficult and then lifting you know I'm never allowed to lift anything I think it's over five or six kilos I mean that's what I've been told you're not allowed to but I mean then again I see women on Instagram doing weightlifting with stomas so I don't know um so yes I have to be careful with that and then my biggest annoyance is is hydration with the stoma Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I've always um been a water fan like I've always loved water I've always been like water and wine and that's it <laughs> that's what I have I love right. it um but having a stoma I've been again I've been told and this as far as I'm aware you can't just drink water when you have a stoma this is what I've been told apparently if you have a salty diet you can because the salt will then absorb the water if that makes sense so it holds your body but because we of course don't have a large intestine um that's where the water is absorbed into our body so because we don't have that if I was just to drink a load of water now like three glasses it kind of just comes straight through and comes straight out the stoma of course so therefore dehydrating you because your body's not absorbing it so what my nurses told me to do and again I don't know if other people have been told this is to have squash so cordial which took a while to get used to because I'm not a cordial squash person. I'm like, I just want water. So now um, instead of having like two liters of water a day, like a normal person, I have around three liters of squash, very weak though. I like it really weak. Um, But apparently that helps because the cordial slash squash binds to the water and then the water binds to you. So I don't know if you guys have it, but it's just Robinson's sugar-free. It's a, it's a, I think it's a British brand. Okay. I don't it's know that one. Just, no, it's just orange squash. So I think we do. I mean, I just yeah. don't typically buy that, but I think that no. we do have squash <laughs> here. Think. There's some, somebody sells it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Cause I think, you know, cordials are more clear, aren't they? I think so. Yeah. 
they're, I don't think they work as well. Whereas it's, I don't know how it works. And again, I would love to speak to a specialist or a doctor or a nutritionist about it, but I, I have my three liters um, a day. And if I, you know, if I don't, I really notice it, you know, if, if I'm out mm. and about as well, and you can't just grab a bottle of water. So I have to take all my squash everywhere. And so that's one of my biggest annoyances is I feel dehydrated a lot. Okay. Yeah. With the yeah. Stoma, which is tricky. Yeah. Well, that's really helpful that you mentioned squash because yeah. I think that there's people who are dehydrated as well, you know, maybe, and they don't yeah. know what to do. So that's interesting. I know there's, I, I wish I knew a brand name, but I yeah. know we sell squash here. Yes. Um, so yeah, will. so look for that wherever, you know, wherever you live, look for that Definitely. because it sounds like it's something that can help. And it's about just experimenting, right? Because everybody's yeah. different and just experimenting mm-hmm. and seeing, Hey, does that work for me? Definitely, definitely. That's it. And just to see how you feel, because again, I know, you know, like I touched on earlier, you know, I've always been into wine, like I always love a glass of wine, red wine, rosé, that's great. But since my recent surgeries, I've just gone off it. I mean, as you'll probably see now, I get quite flushed a lot at the moment as well, which I think is a hormonal thing. So if I get a bit warm or I'm talking a lot, I get flushed. But I get that from the wine as well. But then even from the wine, as with any normal person, it obviously dehydrates you. So if I'm having wine and I've got a stoma, it's like, oh, I've got to drink even more and you don't really want squash when you're having wine. So you have water, but then you make sure you've got salt and it's like, ah, yeah. Just figuring (laughs) out the balance of all of that out. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really interesting, but, but no, I think, yeah. Answer to your question. I think you were saying earlier about, you know, living with a stoma, honestly, it is so much better than what you're going through right now. Because if somebody's getting to the point where they're thinking they need a stoma or their consultant saying that, then you're probably in a really bad situation. Yeah. By so the time I, somebody says yeah. that, you mm. know, things aren't good. That's it. So I yeah. promise you, you know, living with a stoma is not the end of the world. And like I said, you know, people who don't know me have no idea I have one. You can't see it. It's hidden. I mean, even when I'm in my bikini, I wear a high-waisted bikini or a swimming costume. I always go with patterns as well. So dresses have been a bit different now because I don't like wearing plain dresses because I can, you can sometimes see it. So I wear okay. pattern dresses, but there's, you know, there's loads of, yeah, things you can do. And yeah, I just think it's, yeah, so much better. So no, I'm much happier now without, without my bum, without my intestines. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that, to hear your story, because it's really uplifting. It's full of positivity. You took a a really challenging situation and you made it into something positive and and something you're just living with, right? It's just a part of my life and I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to let it stop me. That's what I get from you is I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm going to keep going. Life is better now. Is that right? Yeah, life is better. I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie. Like I have days where, like I was the other day where I was in tears. You know, I will be honest, I am positive, but I was in tears because I just, even though the stoma is better, some days I just think, oh, if I didn't have Crohn's and I didn't have a stoma, I would be doing this and I would have done this. And mm. so and it's mostly around career, if I'm all honest. It's, you know, not around social life and stuff like that. But I get really angry and then I just think, do you know what? It's fine. It's, it's fine because I am here and I am just 
I'm living and it could be so much worse. And I think as well, without getting a bit spiritual, I really think that I now need to and want to share more about my journey and maybe put something together in a book or something just to like what you're doing. It's amazing. Just helping others to navigate through living with, yeah, Crohn's, colitis, stoma. It's yeah. Just, you yeah, have such sadness. a story, Beth. You have such a story, such a life journey. I would definitely read that book for sure. You, and I like that you're t- you talk about how, yes, I'm moving on. I am positive, but I do have bad days and I'm yeah. just like you. And I think that everybody listening can relate to that. We try, we try to be positive. We try to be uplifting as much as we can, but we have to allow ourselves those dark, those dark days. Yeah. I, I always say you can't live there right? If you're, if you feel yourself living there, then it's time to really reach out and get some help, but we have to allow ourselves to go there because Mm -hmm. sometimes we just need to have a pity party and say, you know what, this really sucks. This really sucks. And you mentioned one of the things that really it has impacted was your career. And so I would love to touch on that before we wrap up today. I'd love to touch on that. You have this amazing skincare line. I'm going to definitely, I want to go check it out. I've looked at your website. There's lots of different products. And so Bayo, I want to mention the, again, the name of it one more time, but so, you know, you have your own business now. So how do you, I I hate the word balance. I I don't even know what word to use, but how do you fit in career stoma IBD? I just did an episode, I would say a few weeks ago, I think it just was, it was IBD in the workplace. And it was actually, it was one of my most popular episodes because we're all trying to navigate this. How do you work and have IBD? Is it possible, Mm -hmm. right? Can you, can I even have my own business and do this? How do you, how do you navigate this? That's it. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, hundred percent. You can, cause if I can, anyone can, oh my gosh. Um, but it's weird. I, again, luck, I hate to say I've been lucky, but I guess I have been lucky, but I, the choices I've chosen, I've worked for myself full time since 2010, literally six months. Yeah. Six months after I was diagnosed, I started working for myself full time. And so I have been very lucky that, you know, I haven't had to call in, well, to a boss, I haven't had to call in sick or, oh, you know, why does she go to the toilet 28 times a day? Or why is she passing out? And oh my God, why is she so tired? She doesn't look tired. You know, I'm very lucky I haven't had to deal with that. Whereas I can imagine people working a nine to five, oh my gosh, it must be really, really tough, really tough because you know, even when I, like I said, I was working from home as a, as a beauty therapist full time, you know, seeing 70 women a week, seven O like a lot of women, a lot of waxing wow. <laughs> and that's a, a lot of, oh, excuse me, a lot of talking, but I knew, you know, at the end of the day, I could just bye, close the door. That was it. I didn't have to deal with bosses or managers or, oh, do you want to go for work drinks? And, you know, I didn't have the pressure of that. And then as my um, illness got a bit worse, it, again, I was really lucky. I was able just to, you know, call my clients and my girls and be like, I'm really sorry. I just am so tired. I can't see you today. Can we reschedule? And I could do that. So even though I was busy with work, I was able to manage it, um, which was fine. But then, so that was that. But yeah, now answer to your question about managing a business 
with the stoma and IBD and everything, I'm, I'm not going to lie, a product business is so much harder than a service business because being a therapist, easy. Do your treatment, get paid, see you later, see you in a few weeks, done. A product business, as anybody knows that's listening, is really, really difficult because you've got so many things to do. And I think <laughs> that's where I've been struggling, and I'm not going to lie, recently, because I can't commit to things and I can't do everything I want to do. You know, I'll plan to be like, right, next Tuesday, I'm going to spend the day filming me using my products and talking about my products and oh yeah it'd be great and then I might not sleep well that night or you know I might feel tired or my stoma's been a bit weird or not that it ever really is but sometimes and I wake up that that morning (coughs) and I'm like oh great no no I, I can't do it so I can't do my content so then that's gone and so it is difficult I'm not gonna lie it is difficult but I guess it all has its positives and negatives and yeah I don't know looking at it now yeah I think I'd much rather this than work for somebody I think yeah 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 I understand I think I agree with you I think it would be a lot harder a lot more challenging to work for somebody where you have a job where they control your schedule they control where you're where you sit what you do when you can get up you know that's really difficult I mean if anybody has the opportunity to have their own business whether it's service-based or product-based and you have IBD I really think that is the way to go because then you kind of control your hours. And I think you're absolutely right, Beth, that a product-based business is harder because I have done, since I've had IBD, I've done both. And I had to give up the product base. I was, I made a grain-free granola for a few years and I had to give it up because it just, it's so, especially when you make the product. Yes, that's (laughs) it. It's so time consuming. And Mm -hmm. if you don't feel well, it doesn't get made (laughs) or the marketing you need to do for it or the content you need to put out, it doesn't get done. So it it is difficult. I don't know that there is an answer or that there is an actual balance, but I think we have to just keep trying. We have to keep doing it. There is room for IBD and a stoma and working there. There is a, there's some, there's some, even if it's part-time or there is, you can, if you want to, I think that that is a possibility for us, but it is not without its challenges. No, you just exactly that. You've just got to, yeah, just take each day as it comes, I think. And, you know, that's the reason as well. I stopped seeing my clients because I only stopped waxing actually for good last October I was still seeing a handful of clients because I love them and I love the job and it was just lovely but I literally had to stop because I just physically couldn't do it anymore and weirdly that's why I set up the skincare business as well is because in my head before it got to the size it is now and it's not big but it's not small um I thought, oh, you know, it'd be great. I'll be able to make some skincare products from home, sell them on the internet, on in, on Instagram. And, you know, oh, that'd be really lovely. And and if I'm ill, it doesn't matter because I've got no one to see. And yeah, no. No. <laughs> yeah, know, it's, no. It's, I work just like you probably did as well. You know, I work 12-hour days or, well, 14-hour days, which I love. But they never seem to be enough hard. time. And it's hard because you're trying yeah. to do all the different things and, and everything and it 
and it is it is difficult but it, yeah it can definitely be done and I, I would say yeah if you can work for yourself I think yeah it's it's much much better of I the think. two it's yeah it's mm-hmm. it's I think it's better but it's just hard it, it like we it's can just hard. agree that it's just hard I think everybody can just agree yeah. no matter what kind of workplace situation you have or if yeah. you're a mom and you're working at home well, yes th- that is hard as well so it's all yeah. it's all challenging but I just think that we have to try to do the best that we can and, and support each yeah. other yeah, definitely. You know? I, yeah, so much we could talk about. So much. So much. About. Oh my gosh. I do want to <laughs> mention you. one last thing I want to mention though, is that I, oh our listeners may have heard as we're talking that occasionally there's a little cough that's coming out of your mouth, oh Beth. And that's because you just had COVID. Yes, and I did. One oh. of the things that I have, since this pandemic started, I all like almost daily, I have IBD and I have COVID or what if I get COVID? What do I do? I know that everyone wants to hear. How did it go for you? You look amazing. I can tell you have just a linger, just a little bit of a lingering cough, but it's been what, two, three weeks now since you were diagnosed? Yeah, we had to reschedule, didn't we? We had to reschedule our podcast. We did because of COVID, you poor thing. How are you doing? How did, how was that for you? And I know there were some challenges with your stoma as well. Yeah, so it was weird. I I always thought, oh, if I get COVID, it'll be fine. It's just, it's a flu, like cold, it'll be no dramas. But I'm not going to lie, it really did knock me. And it takes a lot to knock me down because we've got IBD. So we are really strong people. Right, right. <laughs> uh, really strong. Um, so yeah, in a nutshell, it just started off as, a, you know, a runny nose and a sore throat and a cough and a cold. And I was like, oh, this is annoying. Took a test. It was positive. I was like, okay, no problem. I'll just take cold and flu and I'm sure it will go. Um, but then what they do talk about, but again, we have this anyway, the fatigue, and yes. the tiredness and the brain fog, I didn't realize when people were talking about that, oh, they're overreacting, like, oh, for God's sake. Um, but no, that's a real thing. And like I said, you know, even when I was poorly with my IBD, I could still sit at my laptop and work and do emails and focus. But I have lost so many days. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, the last few weeks, because I just haven't been able to function it's like being on steroids again, the brain fog. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's okay, but it's, it is tough. But if you've got IBD and you get COVID, honestly, we're so strong. It's, it's fine. It's just a few weeks. So it, yeah, coldy, fluy. Um, and then, like we said, it's this, this cough. So I think the cough was probably the worst for me because I haven't had a cough in years. I can't remember the last time I had a cough. Um, so it started off as just a tickle. I was like, oh, that's okay, no dramas. And then it got worse. And of course, having a stoma, you have to um hold your stoma every time you cough oh. anyway. So if you sneeze or cough normally, you have to hold your stoma. So I'm having coughing fits with one hand on my stoma, one hand over my, you know, luckily I haven't been out, but yeah, coughing, coughing, coughing. Um, So I'm not going to lie, that hurt. So all around my stoma was very swollen. It was, I felt very sick with it. And I did message my stoma friends a couple of weeks ago. And I said, you know, do you guys ever like get a swollen stoma? 
does it ever swell up? And I don't think anyone knew what I was talking about. And um, yeah, it turns out that was just from the coughing because I changed my bag this morning and it's gone back to normal. So the coughing, you can imagine when you cough, your stomach goes out in your abdomen. So that's where the stoma is. So that was a bit swollen, but it's fine now. Um, But then because I was coughing so much and trying to hold my stoma, I pulled the muscles in my chest. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) So not to put anyone off because it's fine. (laughs) Just try and hold your stoma and hold your chest. Because, yeah, okay. I wasn't. Good advice. So if anyone's cracked a rib, that's what it was like in your chest. And it's fine now, oh but for three days, I, yeah, so couldn't So go off them. by yourself, forget covering your mouth, cover the chest and the stoma. <laughs> just do it. Just cover both of them. Uh, and just, <laughs> just do it. And, yeah, my advice as well is just stop. Because yeah. I didn't. Like, if, if you're feeling tired and exhausted and you think, oh, no, it's just my IBD, I'm fine, just yeah, just stop. Stop. Because that's yeah, such good advice. It's so hard when you have a business. Yeah. But yeah, it's difficult. So yeah, when yeah. you have kids, when you have a business, okay, when yeah. all, all it's so hard, but yeah. such good advice. We have to take our own advice that we would give to somebody else because we would tell somebody else that, right? So yeah, if that happens to you, yeah, stop. Just rest because that's what your body needs. And that's what's going to get you healthier, faster. And I got to go back to the collagen because that collagen, the bone broth, that's going to help you heal quicker as well. But I'm really glad that you have gotten through it. I'm glad that you're okay. okay. And thank you for the advice. Cause I know that that's something that people are always just worried. It's when you have IBD or any kind of autoimmune illness, it's in the back of your mind. What if I get COVID? Yeah. Just rest. Yeah, definitely. Just rest and eat eat healthily oh because that was the other thing just quickly as well my taste went sorry my taste and my smell well, did course, go not did. every like my friends haven't all my friends oh, okay. have COVID, and okay. none of them lost it but I lost it for three days and first of all you can imagine that's annoying as a normal person but when you're a skincare formulator <laughs> it's hell because I couldn't smell anything I couldn't test my products I couldn't make anything I'm glad you got it back and it's well it's still it's still oh, not is 100%, it? I'm not gonna lie I had uh, porridge this morning and I was like yeah, I really can't taste the honey or the apple much so yes the taste and the smell so don't panic if that happens it will come back sorry okay, that's my good. last thing <laughs> yeah oh my such good advice wisdom oh my gosh. yes oh <laughs> Beth thank you so much thank this has been such you. an enlightening interview and so positive because I think it's wonderful for people to see somebody living with it, somebody just doing it and saying, I'm, you know, there's dark days, there's down days. Mm -hmm. It wasn't all roses, right? Nope. But Mm -hmm. I am living with it. I'm, I'm going to just keep living my life. I have a long life left. And that's what I see from you. I I know I have a long life left and I'm just going to keep living it. I've got my business. I've got my family, my friends. I'm just going to keep doing it. Yes, exactly. That's it. Absolutely. And, you know, like I always say as well, if anybody does want to contact me that has a stoma, you know, uh, please always reach out. I'm I'm so happy. I, I speak to so many people weekly. Um, and if I can give advice, just always reach out. So I know you're so great. Tell right. everybody yeah. how they can get in touch with you. What's the best way to reach you? Yeah. So Instagram is probably the best way. So it's happy underscore stoma underscore life. A happy stoma life. Um, and I will put it in the show notes as well so you. people can see it and click on it. 
that's it and then they can click on it and see and 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 also in all like the highlights as well it's got all the videos of my surgeries so i i i literally documented every sin- single surgery so if you've got questions about the surgery wow. it's all in there as well yeah i documented everything but yes if anybody has any questions about stomas and surgery and stuff like that they can always contact me you're such a valuable resource that is awesome thank you before I let you go I want to ask you real quick and you may not might not have an answer for this but if you had to your skincare line if you had to pick your favorite product yeah nourish yourself balm it has to be yeah it has to be the balm I literally cannot live without that balm I put it on every single night. And then because I've just been working here and not really seeing anyone, I've been putting it on in the morning as well. And it really does soothe your skin. So yeah, that's my favorite one. I love it. Thank you. I'm going to also link to Bayo in the show notes as well. So if anybody wants to check that out, they can too. Do you ship all over the world? No, only to only to the UK at the moment. Which so UK, is okay. Okay, so UK listeners, go check it out. <laughs> but I bet you one day, I bet you'll be yes. shipping internationally. Oh, 100%. That's my plan for next year. And it's purely just an insurance thing. As you guys know, your insurances and stuff. So the insurance is a lot of money. Yeah. So yeah, as soon as I'm a bit bigger, 100%, I will be coming to awesome. America. I love America so much. Beth, thank you so much. It has been such thank a delight to get so to know much. you and talk to you thank you for joining us oh thank you so much for having me take care bye so good right Beth has such a great spirit and energy I love that about her she's making the most of her life with a stoma still having Crohn's and she's feeling it she's accepting it while also not letting it stop her If something Beth said sparked a thought or a question in you, don't hesitate to reach out and chat with her. I know she'd love to meet you. Her IG handle again is happy underscore stoma underscore life. And if you want to know more about her skincare line, you can find that on IG as well. That's at Bayo Skincare, B-A-O Skincare. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy gut healing journey. Chat soon.